Are we ready to chat books? Yes. I don't know why I said it in that voice then. I'm sorry. That was that was not great. <laughs> Look, it's it's not what I'd call enthusiastic voice, but it was interesting. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Literary Cannonball, inspired by the work of the Stella Count that reveals the ongoing gender imbalance in the conversations we have about books. Literary Cannonball is striving to correct some of the imbalance by talking about books written by women from around the world. I'm Kirby Fenwick and I'm joined by... Neve Marnie, student by day, writer, editor by night and reader by nature. You're also an editor by day now. I yeah, think you I might know. have to um, mix up your intro. Yeah, probably, but I love it. Yeah, I've, I've had Let's it for so. It. I've had it so long. I think it's your thing now. Yeah, and also Fee, <laughs> sometimes editor, I suppose. I tend to check my emails several times before sending them. Yet I still send typos and wish everyone a happy weekend <laughs> when it's decisively midweek and oh, too far from the weekend. <laughs> but as long as you have a fabulous weekend ahead. Yeah, I reckon I must read e- my emails like five times before I send them. I'm always so like, I think it's because, you know, my signature says writer and I'm like, well, I can never send an email with any kind of spelling or grammatical error. Yeah, the, the standards feel so high where it's sort of, it's not just like, oh yeah, you're just a person thinking, you're, you're like, you're a writer and editor. So like, yeah. yeah. Totally lift your game. Though. I don't think anyone really cares. Even when no. I text people now, I'm like, if I make a, like a typo, I do the follow up text just to like, <laughs> with the like, asterisk. I'm aware of the typo. <laughs> like, please don't judge. All right, let's get stuck into some book chats for episode 23. Oh my god, 23 episodes. Oh. 23 and fee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get stuck into it. When One Person Dies, The Whole World Is Over is a diary comic chronicling the year, a year in the life of its author and illustrator, Mandy Ord. Published this year by Brow Books, it is billed as funny, sad and perfectly magnetic with illustrator Oslo Davis, desc- I don't know if that's how um, you pronounce Oslo, but we'll go with it, <laughs> describing it as unashamedly personal. When One Person Dies tries to find meaning in the everyday, from moments of levity too soon forgotten to life-changing loss. Mandy Ord gives the reader an intimate look at the transcendent and the mundane of her life. Mandy is a comics artist, a cartoonist, an illustrator, a speaker and teacher of comics, a green grocer and a disability support worker. She's a prolific comics artist, publishing her work in places like Meandin, The Age, Voiceworks and Going Down Swinging. She's also published several, several graphic novels with her second book, Sensitive Creatures, winning a White Ravens Award at the... Bologna? How do you say that? I always get stuck on that. On that <laughs> book fair. Let's go with that. It's in Italy. Um, Neve, you suggested that we read this book, graphic novel. Why? Um, I suggested this because, or well, for one reason, because this month for I think all of us was hectic, <laughs> and I think we need to decompress. It is Mercury retrograde. <laughs> I feel like the whole world is sort of like, whoa, slow down, speed up, what's happening? <laughs> ah, yeah. Um, That's as good a reason as any, I reckon. <laughs> I also helped proofread this book 
when I was interning at the Lifted Brow. Woohoo! And so, yeah, that made me interested into it. Do you feel like you have an attachment to it because you did that? Yeah, a little bit. Like, this, the, as I was reading it, I remembered, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember looking at these yeah. proofs and stuff. So it's nice. Proofread in, like, a group. So yeah. I, only saw, I only read a segment of it. Yeah. Which, if, if you've read this, is a weird way to enter the book. Because, yeah, it's such yeah. a fascinating structure, like year mm. in the life. It's like a day to a page and there's like four panels on page. And it starts, I mean, it starts with like June, July 7 or something, it's July a, 6. Yeah, it's a financial year, which I think is an interesting choice. Yeah, it is an interesting choice. I kind of yeah. love it though because yeah. it's almost like you're diving in. You know, it feels like if you started Jan 1, there's almost like a there's like a clean slate kind of vibe with the first, of the, the first day of the year. Yeah. Um, which is obviously not... I mean, it's never accurate for me, but like, there's that kind of feeling where I was starting like in July. Feels like you just jumping straight into her life and and into all the bits and pieces that make it up. Yeah, and it's so interesting how we get really stuck on what a year could and should be of like you know it being bookended by you know summer and summer. It's a very defined start the new year and you mean new person whatever mm. all that bullshit mm. where it is kind of nice just to experience a year as it kind of unfurls mm. in sort of a really sweet melodic sort of way uh, I really enjoyed that it wasn't Jan to Jan yeah yeah no, I did too I I really loved this I think there's something really beautiful about the mundane elements of our lives, like cooking mm. dinner, watching a movie, you know, taking the dog for a walk, like all those things just feel like, I don't know, I think we sort of gloss over them sometimes. It's just like, you know, they're just the parts of our day or our life and we sort of zero in on like the, the big moments, you know, like the really great stuff. But it's all those little moments that kind of make up your life really. And it was really nice to just sort of settle in and get a glimpse into those mo- somebody else's little moments like that. I, yeah. I really loved that part of it. Yeah, and it was beautiful because it was specific to her, but also there are so many, like, panels where I'm like, oh, that's such a, like, specific feeling. But I remember feeling, but I never really, like, took notice of. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't think of anything in particular. Maybe stuff like seeing, like... Uh, ravens fly across the sky or um I'm just trying to think of anything that's specific but like there are like so many moments where she's just like looking at at the world around her and there's oh there was one where it's like um a fly drinking from a puddle and it gave her a weird feeling I'm like ah yeah mm. yeah lovely (laughs) there was something that like maybe gave me shivers about it It it's lovely i felt surprisingly invested in every moment of her life Mm. um, I found it a really meditative read Mm, like my heart rate slowed down I felt really at ease and peaceful in what was quite a busy month for me that I didn't want the book to end because it was such a lovely feeling reading the book that even when she got a really solid nap and wrote about it, I would be, like, cheering, going, yes! yes! <laughs> she got, like, an epic nap. I, I just love this. And they felt like really, I wouldn't call them plot points, but just really 
surprisingly joyous things or when she had no traffic on the way to work and she's like something happening in the world that I'm not aware of and that (laughs) feeling of like weird pleasure anxiety of like Mm. this is excellent but am I missing the memo for like a world event or something (laughs) just like those little kind of sweet shocks throughout that I'm like oh this is so mm. relatable and lovely Yeah. yeah relatable like I feel like you could identify with so many parts of that so many of those kind of feelings of you know, no traffic on the road or, like, you know, getting on the train in the morning and it's, like, half empty and it's, like, hmm, what's going on? Like, even this morning I get to the train station and I actually got a car park, like, in the first lot of car parks, which generally, I'm sorry, this is so mundane, but generally if you get to the station after, like, the 6.30 train, like, good luck. Like, you have to generally park, you know, what feels like miles away but it's not. And mm. it was like you, you pull into the train station and I get this car park. I'm like, awesome. But also I'm like, what? That's weird. Like, why am I able to get this car park at eight? You know, like, yeah. Yeah, kind no. of like, I feel like Mandy would like write that in this book. Oh, definitely. And also because I've seen the car park at your station and it's quite small. Yeah. So <laughs> that is an achievement of sorts. I don't know about you guys, but after reading this book for about two weeks afterwards, I was thinking in panels of like, oh, this would be a moment if I was doing this. Right. So that yeah. would be a moment. And it made my life feel so rich and, like, warm and, like, mm. a hot cup of tea of, like, oh, this well, that is would be really nice. Making a cup of tea would be oh, a moment. thousand mm. percent. The amount of times a day that I spend next to the kettle in anticipation <laughs> and <laughs> bubbling and I'm just like, oh. I, I feel like... This book came at the perfect time and mm-hmm. I think I'll return to it again and again and again because it's I'm not very good at um, popping the headphones in and doing like a guided meditation because I get really sort of like, oh, I need to be doing something. But, yeah. And mm-hmm. meditating, I just get quite um, fixated on the concept of relaxing that I don't relax. Mm-hmm. But this was... Oh, it's a hot bath. It's such a delight. That is such a great descriptor. And I, yeah. I love what you were saying, Fee, about it feeling, you know, like you can feel your heart rate slow down and it felt like a relaxing read and like meditative. And I, I think it's because it, it was just those mundane, everyday sort of... And, but not every, not every moment is mundane, obviously. There's some really beautiful moments in this book and there's some really like some really sad moments and there's mm. you know some really some really gorgeous moments in there as well but it um I've totally lost the track of what I was saying but <laughs> it, it just it it just feels um it feels warm it feels um relaxing in a way to read it yeah and I think it's because every moment is given the same respect yeah yeah whereas with like if this was a novel like those other like those beautiful moments will probably be like a few lines whereas some of like the more if dramatic yeah if at all whereas the more dramatic stuff would be given pages or chapters whereas with this because of the medium I think it's given the respect it deserves and there's yeah and I actually that sort of segues into like I loved this because I could it's it's at once like very true but also at the same time I was very aware that she had drawn this and this was like a construct of sorts like when you get to one of the um the panels and it's like basically entirely black she's like yeah I didn't write down a 
moment yeah, for the I, evening. I love that though. Yeah, oh, that was when I seen when I come to that panel. I was like, that's so great. I really love that <laughs> because, of course, that would happen if you were doing this every day. You would forget accidentally to write down a moment, and then time would pass and be like, shit, I don't have a moment. Well, I really enjoyed the threads throughout where. Mm you realise um, that when she's talking about drawing, she's talking about drawing this book this and she book, falls yeah. behind. And then yes. the kind of the stress of that becomes almost like a, I became stressed for her because I was like, oh, my God, you're so busy with teaching at the moment and travelling and doing all this other Two stuff. Two jobs. How are yeah. you going to fit it in? And that's the – I felt like this book gives – is great for anyone to read but someone who's working as an artist or a creator or Mm -hmm. someone juggling the finances and then fitting their art in and what it takes to get a project done yeah I felt like this was um such a helpful thing to read oh my god yeah I agree with you so much and I felt that while I was reading it too like just the reality of of living a creative life and what that actually means in a practical sense and how you have to try and fit your work around the the cold hard fact that you have to go to work or you exactly. have to study, you know, whatever you're or care or whatever yeah. you're doing. Especially when the job involves a degree of um, human contact and mm. emotional labour and care work of mm. The fatigue involved in that as well, which um, how she would describe her day as a disability support worker and coming home and feeling absolutely exhausted. Mm, I was like, this is such an important story because care work isn't discussed enough in the detail of what it is and it's incredibly under-resourced, underpaid and such an important part of keeping society functioning that Mm. I was thrilled to bits to see that it was such a prominent part of a book that I only hope there's more books exploring care work in general. Agree, 100%. I think that was, yeah, that was really a really important part and her sort of portrayal of that and um, the, like you said, Fee, the, the work and how the physical but also emotional labour that, that that is a part of that kind of care work um, is very present on the page here. But I also loved, I know you mentioned Fee, the relationships. I loved um, Jodie and Mandy's relationship. Yes. And the relationship with the dog. Mm. Um, was just so beautiful and they were... There was such a sort of, um, it felt so real, their relationship. Like, it, we learned that they've been together for, like, 20 years. Yeah. Which is, like, incredible, like, amazing. But it just felt so real on the page. You know, they argue, they make up, they lay on the couch together and watch movies. And, you know, like, um, they they share the cooking duties and before they go away they clean the house that's all nice and tidy and like all these sort of like beautiful moments of their relationship was so on the page and that was that was really nice because although there's not like you know like a a narrative as such although it's you know the year in the life is a is a narrative in its own right Mm -hmm. um their kind of sort of relationship over that year was kind of a, a bit of a narrative but I also think um 
the grandmother was a bit of a narrative as well. Like yeah. that was a bit of a narrative arc too when that, that relationship was really beautiful and how important um, her grandmother was to her and um, I guess, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but, you know, like what happens towards the end of the book as well, that was really quite um, sad. But I think seeing that relationship that she has with her grandmother on the, on the page was was beautiful as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think actually it's sort of, it's kind of bending how we think about na- narrative because in a, mm. in a sense it is linear, but also in many senses it isn't. Yeah. Because like, and you really feel it on the last page because there's something on the last page where you're like, whoa, and then that's it's it. Done. It's done. And I feel like the, it's sort of, you, it feels like a segment, but also it makes sense because things often happen to us in waves and or they it's not some like neat arc Mm. and I felt that particularly when she was sort of talking about like her experiences with with anxiety and then finally going to see a psychologist like because I feel like that with my with at least my experiences has that's come in waves and it's receded and then it's come back or like and I felt like that was a very real portrayal to me at least which is how I really enjoyed how the book opens just on that day and goes straight into the year without a kind of a prelude introduction of my name is Mandy this is who I am this is my life Mm. and kind of setting a the established narrative of what this will be it's just like we'll find out information when we do yeah we don't doesn't matter whatever we're on the journey and it's amazing how much rich information you find out along the way that by the end of it, it's like, wow, this is incredible. There's definitely gaps of like, I don't know certain things, but it doesn't really matter because no. mm. I spent a lot of time reflecting as I read this as well. So it felt like quite a, um, more like an exchange than just reading a book because I started to um, imagine my life in frames and moments and periods of time and how elastic time is that I would thoroughly recommend this to anyone yeah yeah no yeah the same for me I mean um I'm just trying to gather my thoughts actually around it because actually I'm just gonna pass a handful of this because I need, <laughs> I need to think about it actually what I want to say um, I just have so many beautiful feelings about this and I feel um, I feel almost quite attached to Mandy and Jody mm-hmm. and to Lou and um, to their whole kind of circle of people that are in their life. I feel like, like you were saying, Fee, it felt like, um, you know, a sharing. And it did. I felt like... I felt like she was just inviting us into her home and into mm-hmm. her life and into her car while she's going driving to work, you know, and um, it, it's such a privilege, I think, to get um, t- to be able to see somebody's life in all those little fragments um, that we so often don't. And it just feels, yeah, it just feels like a really, really special book. And I'm, I'm just so glad that we got to read it. Because I agree, I feel like, like you said, Fee, going back and reading it again, I think it's going to be one of those ones where, you know, you just 
sort of settle in and and you wouldn't even need to read the whole thing I think you could just grab a month and read a few pages and sort of get that feeling back yeah, and yeah. just have that sort of like it's it's almost a slowness mm. a sort of like settling in and just you know it's like it's like when you get home after a bit after a big day and you just put the kettle on and you make a cup of tea and this is what I do and you just you sit down at the table and you know pat the dog and you just sort of chill you know you just relax into the space and slow and that's what it feels like actually I finally remembered what I because I was thinking about this on the train um I feel like the title actually weaves into how I feel about it so well because um there is such this sense that like when huge things happen to you um everyone's just going about their day-to-day lives and also the sense that like when you look at like like huge crowds every person has a Mm. life of those little moments that you'll never know yeah and I feel like that is sort of encapsulated those feelings are encapsulated in this because this is that type of it's sort of saying well this is one life that I'm going to invite you in yeah and it has like they'll have characters that will come in and we'll never see again because that's also part of life yeah and they'll have arguments with your wife when oh god I love the frame where it's like are you still my wife and like Judy's just like yes (laughs) 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 oh god it was and it's just it's yeah, it's beautiful and it's, it's. I'm so glad it was given space and it was published because I think yes. perhaps there would be there would be a view that um, these types of that this type of work doesn't like it's not big enough or broad enough. But I think it. And it, I wonder if you sort of you know it's because it's it's the life of a woman. Yeah. And are those sort of mundane moments of of women considered? you know, mm. worthy of publication. And I think they absolutely are and they're important. And I think that the um, the title is absolutely fascinating. I, I just, I think it's it throws up so many kind of ideas and, and points to so many things and, you know, ties things together in the book, like you said, Neve. But it's also mm. just quite a striking title that I think poses... A whole lot of questions. It did yeah. definitely. Um, when I first picked it up, I was thinking, oh, just I have half an hour, but you know, two yeah. hours later or whatever. <laughs> and then I sent you guys a series of texts going, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, it did make me a little bit nervous because it um, alludes to something that will happen, and I was fearful of Mm. like when is this going to happen and Mm. now knowing the complete arc of um, the year I feel the next time I read it is probably going to be even more relaxing because I kind of know what's going to happen the events that that warm happy feeling that I got will probably just continue to intensify as I kind of get to know the book more and more and more which in a way is just makes me very excited to continue to reread it's such a beautiful thing to look forward to isn't it Mm. to know that um yeah you're going to have that experience again and you're just going to fall a little bit more in love with the story and and the people and the pictures and and everything every time is such a it's such a lovely thing to have to look forward to yeah 
Mm. Yeah, it's a big th- big two thumbs up from me. Yeah, same. And it's also very aesthetically pleasing. Oh, yeah. I feel like we've <laughs> talked a lot about the actual content, but the actual style is gorgeous. Like It's black and white. And, and, yeah, it's yeah. black and white. And I feel like, actually, if we're going back to the other, other sort of point, like she's not afraid to draw herself how she's feeling like Mm. there are a couple of um panels where when she's getting really angry she like draws fangs on herself or when she's like sick and like there's like like, snot coming out of her or conjunctivitis it's like this is what i this is what i really looked like in that moment yeah yeah and so and there's like a lot of like times where there's like there's like I felt lonely or vulnerable mm. or annoyed for no reason exactly, and yeah. I feel like actually, yeah, opening yourself up in that vulnerable way is it's such a brave thing to do, and it's such like a yeah, it's very honest and yeah, it I really value it. Yeah, lots of thumbs up everywhere. Yeah. I'm so glad that we that we read this. Thank you so much for suggesting it. No worries. And cheers to Brad Books for publishing it. Mm. Yay! So, to our recommendations for this month, what have we been reading and watching and listening to that we want to recommend? Love and the dance moves. (laughs) Woohoo! We still haven't recorded our recommendations dance. We have to get onto that. Yeah. Well, I was so I'm so used to the through thumbs up too, and then like, oh, so you missed out on your chance to do that today. Sorry. Oh well. Next time. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who wants to go first? I'm happy to go first. Okay. Excellent. I've got my pen and my notebook. Well, this is someone who I've been just blabbing on about because I don't know how I was living my life without reading her writing and now I'm like okay this is the rest (laughs) of my life sorted um Sinead Gleeson is an Irish writer and apparently she's I shouldn't say apparently she's quite well known in Ireland as like a literary critic and she's got a radio program and she interviews a lot of authors and now she has released her own book um, or it's coming out in Mm -hmm. April and it's a collection of essays called Constellations and I've got it pre-ordered I'm very excited about it but the two essays of hers that I just can't get enough of and I'm absolutely frothing at the mouth for (laughs) because I'm just like fuck her writing is just beautiful is uh, the first one is Second Mother and it was published in Granta so it's available online we'll provide the link and it's this stunning meditation of um, seeing a close relation um, succumb to dementia so it's all about memory and relationships and the fluidity of time and the urgency to kind of connect and continually reconnect with someone who is um, becoming demented and not just the dementia itself but all the care that goes around um, making sure that that person has a strong support network even as they fail to recognize who the support network is it's probably one of the best pieces of writing I've read about dementia and having worked with a lot of um, people with dementia I think it's 
Gleason has done it in such a beautiful and respectful way that it's never over dramatized. It's just perfect. Mm, and sounds amazing. Her second essay, also in Granta, is Blue Hills and Chalk Bones. And it's what a title. Mm. Oh my goodness. It's one essay that covers a realm of just so many topics of she has um, hip dysplasia and rheumatoid arthritis in... Not rheumatoid arthritis. uh, She has some form of arthritis in one of her hips, which she develops when she's 13. And it goes through her journey of chronic pain and having several operations and developing quite a distinctive gait and having quite a visible difference. um, And all the issues that go on with her hip over the course of her life as she has children but this particular essay also deals with um, how religion plays into chronic pain as well because uh, the school um, has a annual trip and the year that she goes it's to Lourdes Mm. and everyone thinks that she's going to be the school miracle so um, the pressure on her is a little bit high because everyone's like oh my god the girl with all the problems is going to be cured oh god which because it's Irish it's fucking hilarious (laughs) she's like after a little while I realized that I might not be the school miracle (laughs) all her writing is just this blend of heartache and hilarity and it's so human and Mm. beautiful I'm so excited now to read these essays Mm. and the way she approaches the body and explains things it's just fresh and sharp and puts doctors and medical books to shame because Mm. she describes her hip and the synovial fluid which usually kind of keeps the hip quite lubricated and moving easily of the synovial fluid evaporated like rain and it's just like um, wowzers that's like wow i am just gunning for this book to come yeah. out in april and well i'll just sing her praises again because wowzer she is not only a writer's writer but an everyone writer and i get right around her yeah, <laughs> I'm going to look those essays up like literally this afternoon because that sounds amazing. Such a treat. Oh, gosh. Oof. Oof. So good, so good, so good. Should I go next? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I've actually got some books this month. Whoa. Um, which is pretty cool. The first one is a collection that, um, again, like last month, I haven't quite finished yet, but I don't care. I'm going to recommend it anyway. Um, it's called Homesick for Another World by Otessa uh, Moshfeg. It was shortlisted for the Man Booker Prize. It's this brilliant collection of short stories. It has a very striking cover, which um, will soon be on my social media if you want to check that out. Um, someone said that um, her work resembled Angela Carter. Anyone who has ever listened to this podcast will know how I feel about Angela Carter. So <laughs> that was sort of like, when I read that, I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm all in uh, and I have not been disappointed. They are such beautiful stories, the character studies and sort of dark and but but kind of hopeful as well and they're just so beautifully written and so engaging and it just has been such a joy to read them I've only got like I think I've got one or two stories to go and I'm kind of um how do I like string this along (laughs) you know how do I keep this um keep this going because 
they've just been such beautiful stories um you know range of topics and and different type of characters and different environments and just um yeah the the new york times review um the line that's quoted on the back here said it's like watching someone grin with a mouthful of blood what i would love i would love to have um some work described like that but yeah so definitely recommend this collection i haven't read any of her other work but she has a couple of other books out um that i've heard good reviews on so um yeah but definitely homesick for another world brilliant and the other one i really want to give the two thumbs up to is deborah levy's the cost of living um which i think came out last year it's got this really beautiful yellow cover I'm I'm a bit of fan bit of a fan of, of Deborah. I think um her work I'm just calling it Deborah like my mates. Um I have really enjoyed everything that I've read from her. Um I really enjoyed a book that she wrote in response to um George Orwell. Like I'm I'm blanking on the name of it now, but I'll I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um and I think this is kind of linked into that. So the cost of living is kind of it's like a memoir of of her and of writing so you know she reaches sort of um middle age i guess she's 50 i understand she's divorced she's moved into a new flat in london and um so this book is about how she can um sort of rebuild her life i guess but it's also about her as a writer and what that means um it's just a really really lovely book and I don't know if it's cliche for writers to want to read books about other writers, but um, it's, yeah, it's great. She's she's a brilliant writer and this is a really lovely book and mine was a library copy, so I had to give it back, but I will be going to get myself a copy. There is a really great um, episode of the London Review of Books podcast that I listened to two days ago, which is a <laughs> conversation um, between Deborah and Olivia Lang about the cost of living and okay, the process so of writing it. We need to, everyone needs to listen to that. It is a pretty fabulous we'll conversation. We'll add a link to the show notes. And that was in July last year, and it talks about her plan for which is a trilogy of books and she's already that's the second of the trilogy yeah. and where she's going to next and just her writing career in general and oof, excellent conversation yeah I'm, I'm so disappointed I didn't write down the name of the first one where she talks about writing but I'll put a link um under this in our recommendations because I've also read that it was one of the first books I read by her and um really 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 loved it so read everything Deborah Levy's ever written basically is my <laughs> my recommendation <laughs> all right what do you got Neve? okay so I have two poetry collections basically why I have two poetry collections is one I like poetry but the other is because I can't walk into a bookshop apparently and like especially in indie and not buy something so both <laughs> of these are from indie bookshops Nice one. As a nice little aside. Um, so my first recommendation is Milk Teeth by Ray White. Um, Ray is a non-binary Australian poet. I think this is their debut collection, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, I really love this collection. It kind of reminded me in some sections stylistically of um, even This Page is White by Vivek Schreier, who I recommended several several episodes ago 
um, because like and maybe maybe a little bit of Elson Whitaker as well like in how wow. like there's how Ray sort of like um, moves with the the language and how they use like the poems take up the page yeah it's yeah. really interesting um, uh, quite a bit of it has to do with sort of like themes surrounding like sort of gender identity and a lot of it well quite a bit with I've seen more and more and sort of like younger poet like poets it has to do with sort of like navigating a very like complicated sort of world in terms of like work and internet and dating and all of that and how those things intersect mm. but not in a preachy or like didactic way which I really appreciated because I feel like sometimes it can become a little bit um when like especially when people are talking about the internet can mm. become a little bit like that yeah um it's difficult to explore the internet in yeah like a fun fresh way that isn't kind of like hello children this is the internet yeah exactly <laughs> and I feel like um well, the stuff that I read, it was sort of like it's a more of a jumping off point for self-reflection than mm. it is about it, which I think mm. is a, a subtle but really I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would recommend that. Also, the cover is gorgeous. Ah, like It's like most, a beautiful cover here. <laughs> it's mostly white, but then there's like a spray of, um, I think because it won an award and this is like, there's like a little spray of purple and stuff. Mm. And it's gorgeous. I love it. Anyway, and then my second recommendation is... Magical Negro by Morgan Parker. I, if Morgan Parker sounds familiar to you, it's because I recommended her, po- uh, her poetry before. I, um, her previous collection, um, there are things more beautiful than Beyonce. Mm, I remember that recommendation. Yeah, this is the same poet. Um, she's still absolutely kicking it out of the park with her poetry. Like they're just, I don't even know. There's like a sort of sense of like. I can't even explain the sort of feeling that I get when I um, read her other than maybe this is what the sense of like when you know you're reading someone who's just like masterful yeah. at their craft. Yeah. Mm. If that may- yeah. You're yeah. in safe hands. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like this is, I don't feel like, and that's the thing with poetry, I don't feel alienated but also I feel challenged which is mm. a, such a hard line to walk. Yeah. But... She does it really well. And there's one poem in particular that I... Well, there's a lot of poems that I absolutely love, but one in particular that I, I, I really found interesting, which is called Mash. <laughs> and you read something from yeah, like I read, just before. Yeah. yeah, which is like um, the first lines, just to give you a little tease, is um, for all intents and purposes, and because the rule applies more often than it doesn't, every white man or boy who has entered and fallen away from my particular moderate life has been called Mash. Not Dan, rarely Ben, never Matthew. I just found it hilarious. And it and that brilliant. Yeah, it's it's brilliant, and the entire poem was brilliant, and all of the poetry is brilliant. Just like get her poetry. Also, beautiful cover. Oh, again, you like the <laughs> covers draw me in. I've got to. I'm not gonna lie. Like, cause I'm her. Uh, there are things more beautiful than Beyonce. Both as though the covers for that. Are gorgeous mm. and this cover is gorgeous so yeah. like it's a nice and it's a good investment just to in terms of buying it as a physical copy yeah because it looked lovely on your bookshelf if you turn the book out yeah and i've been slowly but sure, surely like 
collecting a lot of poetry mm-hmm. and so I'm sort of like <laughs> I don't know but there's something like accumulative or something like possessive about it that I'm really enjoying it lovely so, yeah oh there's those no are awesome recommendations mm. I'm always so excited every month when we get around to this because um you know we talk about books and stuff all the time whenever we see each other but I'm always so excited to see what you guys have been reading that I'm not aware of um, yeah. that I can sort of add to my list or check out or, or you know check out from the library or something it's um I look forward to this moment every month <laughs> well thanks for listening to literary cannonball we hope that you tune in next month as this is something that oh my god what a book what a book <laughs> um, we will be reading as will you this Little Art by Kate Briggs, and Briggs is spelt with a double G. Uh, we'll put a link up in the show notes, and it's all about translation, and it's one mind-bending essay. Cannot wait to read that book. I'm so excited. There's so many, because I've been um, sneakily reading ahead, <laughs> I am <No>. constantly just... <laughs> I, I carry it around and I read it slowly so I can reread it and be like, wow, that's real, real good writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that one. Really looking forward to it. But uh, in the meantime, you can keep the book chats going over on our social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Um, so check us out and please tell us what you think of Mandy Ord's When One Person Dies, The Whole World Is Over. We would love to discuss that with you. And also let us know what you're reading and watching and listening to because clearly uh, we love the recommendations and we're always um, looking for more. Exactly. And make sure you check out our website, Literary Cannonball, where you will find a full wrap of the show notes and full list of and links to our recommendations. That's literarycannonball.com. All right. That's how it's done. Yeah. See you later, skater. Bye. Bye. I haven't heard see you later, skater in a really life long time. Yeah. Me neither. Fuck see you later, alligator. In Wild Crocodile? In one share house that I was living in, uh, in Sydney, we found some decks, skateboards, in a lane. <laughs> and we just thought we were king shit because we started trying to skate. And these wheels were really worn down, so it was pretty much just skating on metal loops. So it just would make this grinding sound all the time, but we'd be like fuck yeah and just be like (laughs) and then we would just call each other skater chicks so we'd be like later skater (laughs) what a time